August 16th, 1977, Memphis, Tennessee. It started as just another day. It's my sister's birthday, but I never knew it. I was only six months old at the time. But from what I understand, it was still deep in the summer in the deep south. I talked with our staff meteorologist, Alan Matthew, who helped me get a feel of what the day was like. He ran a search on the NOAA Regional Climate Center. And to sort of give you a sense of it all, it was humid that morning, starting off around 76 and by mid-afternoon a high of 94. The clouds had started moving in a bit, kind of setting the tone of the news about to break in the early afternoon. Around 2.30 in the afternoon, then-girlfriend Ginger Alden woke to find herself alone in the bedroom. Calling out to him, there was no answer from Elvis. She called again, no answer. She then got up, walked into the bathroom, and found Elvis. The Memphis Fire Station number 29 was called at 2.33 and dispatched to Graceland, saying that someone couldn't breathe, or was having trouble doing so. And actually, this was not an unusual call. They had been called out to the gates many times before due to fans fainting or, in worse calls, fans being hit by oncoming traffic. But as usual, the ambulance headed the short three miles south from headquarters as fast as they could and arrived only minutes after the call was placed. The medics, Charles Crosby and his partner Ulysses Jones, knew something was different this time as those iconic gates swung open. It's said that the vehicle actually swiped the gate and one of the music notes fell off. The front door to Graceland opened and Elvis's bodyguard came running out, yelling, He's upstairs! Crosby and Jones ran inside, upstairs, and rounded the corner. One report said you could hear Vernon yelling, My son! He's gone! My son! At first, they were just doing their job. They rolled the patient over, checked for vitals, dark blue skin, cold to the touch, no pulse, light test to the pupils had no response. And that's when it hit them. As one medic pushed away the TCB necklace to start CPR, this was Elvis Presley. After 15 minutes, the medical team decided it was time to head to the hospital. Dr. Jordan Nicopoulos, known by many as Dr. Nick, had by this time arrived on scene. Crosby and Jones had difficulty getting Elvis on the stretcher and maneuvering back the way they came to the ambulance. But once there, Dr. Nick jumped in the back. Jones was the attending medic on the way to the hospital and was quoted that Dr. Nick kept saying, Breathe, Elvis. Come on. Breathe for me. As the ambulance pulled out, instead of going to Methodist South Hospital, which was just five miles away. Dr. Nick ordered Crosby, the driver, to head to Baptist Memorial, some 20 minutes away. At first, they tried to talk him out of it, but Dr. Nick knew many of the staff there, and he also knew privacy would be kept. So, to Baptist they went, making it there in just over 10 minutes. At 2.56, the emergency room team, prepped and ready, met the ambulance and proceeded to take Elvis to room B. The staff hadn't been told who the patient was, and one of the younger members, seeing he was already passed, said, Why are we working on this guy? He's... And at that point, another member stopped him and said, Because he's Elvis Presley. Marion Cock, Elvis's personal nurse since 75, and working at the hospital at the time, got the stat call. The team had worked on Elvis for about 20 minutes already. Miss Cock walks in and, in her own words, asked the team to stop because it was so evident that he had already been gone for a long time. So after much attempt, the team stopped. Dr. Nick said to Joe Esposito, longtime friend and road manager, there's nothing more we can do. We tried. And at 3.30, Elvis Presley was pronounced dead.
Here is a bulletin from Channel 5 News. Singer Elvis Presley has died in a Memphis, Tennessee hospital. Stunned fans mill around the gates of Elvis Presley's Whitehaven mansion this afternoon while scores of fans, friends, and show business celebrities pour into Memphis for funeral services tomorrow. A little bit with the camera right over here. Hundreds of people here. They've been gathering all morning long. There was only a small group at about 6 or 7 o'clock this morning, but as you can see, it's grown to a huge number of people. By then, the media had already been tipped off. There were tales of a reporter hiding in the morgue under a sheet acting like a body just to get a picture. But thankfully, he was caught before that picture was taken. Guards were then placed at the morgue door to make sure that didn't happen. Then, the news did break. Radio and TV alike broke programming and announced what many couldn't believe and shock began to take over the nation. Minutes later, the world. Later that evening, NBC News anchor David Brinkley opened his broadcast. Good evening. Elvis Presley died today. He was 42. Apparently it was a heart attack. He was found at his home in Memphis, not breathing. His road manager tried to revive him. He failed. A hospital tried to revive him. It failed. His doctor pronounced him dead at 3 o'clock this afternoon. The end at an early age of one of the two most spectacular careers in the history of American entertainment, the other being Frank Sinatra's. Presley was very nearly at the peak of his career when he was drafted into the Army. That was 1958. Here he's arriving for a tour of duty in Germany, an enlisted man driving a Jeep. He could have gone into what they call special services and avoided the kind of time put in by ordinary soldiers, but Presley didn't. Actually, he trained as a tank man. He sold records in the multiples of millions, made millions, bought a string of Cadillacs, one after another, gave away a string of Cadillacs to people he liked, and along the way, he was married in 1967 to Priscilla Ann Bullier. The very symbol of sex for all of the millions or hundreds of thousands of teenagers was married only once, and then relatively late. The couple had one child, a daughter. At 8 o'clock p.m., Baptist Memorial Hospital held a press conference with medical examiner Dr. Jerry Francisco at the lead. The precise cause has not yet been determined for the cardiac arrhythmia. It may take several days to several weeks to determine that specific cause, and in some cases it never is discovered. But basically it is a natural death, and due to the cardiac arrhythmia, which is an irregular beating of the heart. The precise time of death cannot be determined with certainty, but could have been any time between uh, 9 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. On January 16, 1970, and the only time he ever accepted an award in person, Elvis was named one of the 10 outstanding young men by the U.S. Junior Chamber, also known as the JCs. His acceptance speech is one that I feel is fitting to close this segment. He said, when I was a child, ladies and gentlemen, I was a dreamer, and I read comic books, and I was the hero of the comic book. I saw movies, and I was the hero of the movies. So every dream that I ever dreamed has come true a hundred times. And these gentlemen over here, you see these type people who care, are dedicated. You realize if it's not possible that they might be building the kingdom of heaven. It's not too far-fetched from reality. And I'd like to say that I learned very early in life that Without a song, the day would never end. Without a song, a man ain't got a friend. Without, without a song, the road would never bend. 
without a song. So I'll keep singing the song. Good night and thank you. Elvis Aaron Presley. January 8th, 1935, Tupelo, Mississippi. August 16th, 1977, Memphis, Tennessee.